in this passage. After I get going, I don't want you to turn me off. I want you to listen to everything I have to say, and then I'd like for you to think about it. I don't want you to shut me down. I want you to think with me today and uh, see if it applies to you and maybe some changes maybe you need to make. But I hope that you'll have an open heart. First Kings chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. And Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel were come to Shechem to make him king. And it came to pass when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who was yet in Egypt, heard of it, for he was fled from the presence of King Solomon, and Jeroboam dwelt in Egypt, that they sent and called him. And Jeroboam and all the congregation of Israel came, and they spake unto Rehoboam, saying, Thy father made our yoke grievous. Now therefore make thou the grievous service of thy father, and his heavy yoke which he put upon us lighter, and we will serve thee. And he said unto them, Depart yet for three days, then come again to me. And the people departed. And King Rehoboam consulted with the old men that stood before Solomon his father while he yet lived, and said, How do ye advise that I may answer this people? And they spake unto him, saying, If thou wilt be a servant unto this people this day, and will serve them, and answer them, and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. But he forsook the counsel of the old men, which they had given him, and consulted with the young men that were grown up with him. I want you to remember that phrase, because we're going to see it again, the young men that were grown up with him. We would refer to that as he's getting advice from his peers. That's important, all right? So he consulted with the young men that grew up with him and which stood before him. And he said unto them, What counsel give ye that we may answer this people who have spoken to me, saying, Make the yoke which thy father did put upon us lighter. And the young men that were grown up with him, his peers, spake unto him, saying, Thus shalt thou speak unto this people that spake unto thee, saying, Thy father made our yoke heavy, but make thou, uh, but make thou it lighter unto us. Thou shalt thou say unto them, thus shalt thou say unto them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins. And now, whereas my father did lay you with a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father hath chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam that the third day, as the king had appointed, saying, Come to me again the third day. And the king answered the people roughly, and he forsook the old men's counsel that they gave him. And he spake to them after the counsel of the young men, saying, 
My father hath made your yoke heavy, and I will add to your yoke. My father also chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. I want to ask you a couple of questions starting out. Who are the old people and the young people in your life who are influencing your decisions? Who are they? Then I want to ask you exactly how much do you know about those who are influencing your decisions? If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10. Notice the words conveying the message here. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, and on it goes. Paul writing to Timothy here, it says, You've fully known my doctrine. You have fully known my manner of life. Paul's saying, you've known me. I'm not a stranger trying to instruct you. I'm not a stranger trying to influence you, Timothy. Jump down to verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of. I want you to see here, the older man, Paul, is not trying to influence the younger Timothy to change what he believes. He's trying to encourage him to continue what he believes. And then Paul writes, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. He's saying here, the person who's trying to influence you, Timothy, Timothy, you've known them. You've known me. I've been transparent. You've watched me. And I want you to know, Timothy, what I've been teaching you, you've known it from the Bible as a child. Maybe seed it. When I think of someone who was trying to be influenced by his peers, I think of Job. You remember Job has his three friends. They wrongly assume that Job's suffering was a result of sin. And so these three peers of his, they tell Job, you know what you've got to do? You've got to repent. And because his peers gave him misguided uh, advice, we see in the book of Job that Job begins to question. He begins to question himself. He begins to question God 
because of what his peers had told them. I think probably the poster child of a bad influence has to be Jonadab. Wicked Jonadab influenced and encouraged Amnon to carry out his sinful desires. And as a result, Amnon had a friend and he engaged in sinful behavior. One of the tragic stories in the Old Testament. Before many of you were born, MySpace. MySpace was one of the earliest uh, social media platforms. No one has MySpace anymore, all right? Um, maybe uh, Brother Young, but uh, Facebook. Facebook was launched in 2004. YouTube was created in 2005. X, formerly known as Twitter, was established in 2006. Instagram was founded in 2010. Snapchat was launched in 2011. TikTok kicked off in 2016. I give you those dates because I want you to think with me. It's been about 20 years. 20 years, that's it. 20 years and social media has transformed the way people communicate, share information, and consume content. Social media's influence is undeniable. Social media has become a powerful tool, but it's been, been used by activists and individuals who want to influence public opinion. Social media influencers, as they're called, strive to establish themselves as trusted figures and trendsetters. And they try to aspire to shape opinions and to inspire trends. We heard one yesterday referred to the hot chip challenge, right? Social media. According to Forbes 2023 list, the social media influencer who makes the most money so far in 2023 is a fellow by the name of Jimmy Donaldson. He's known as Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast has earned an estimated $82 million in 2023 from his YouTube videos and merchandise. Mr. Beast has more than 300 million followers across his various platforms. Google. Google officially launched September of 1998 before there was Google, uh, there was Alta Vista and some of those, and man, it was hard to find anything on the internet. Google has just revolutionized that. John chapter four and verse one advises, beloved, 
Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Why? Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. I think this is a verse that encourages you and I to exercise discernment and test the influences that we encounter in life and also those in the digital realm. It's essential for you, it's essential for me to approach social media with caution. We have to have a discerning mindset. Abraham Lincoln warned, don't believe everything you read on the internet or social media. He was right. We've got to be reminded whenever it comes to the internet, all that glitters on the internet's not gold. A lot of it's cat videos and, uh, you know, and clickbait, right? Social media has changed our culture. Where would we be without social media? Selfies? Gotta have the right angles, right? That's social media. Before social media, no selfie stick. Emojis? Thank God for memes? That's social media. Now you think about it. Emojis, memes, selfies, and then as Trump would say, fake news, right? <laughs> social media. Do you see how social media, 20 years, 20 years. I ask you, do you really want a stranger, someone with a presence on social media to have a significant influence over your decisions and your lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I know Mr. Beast has more followers than I do. But I don't want him influencing my life. The influence on social media on the lives of God's people is evident. It's not just simple things like selfies. It's amazing how social media, whenever it comes to shamefacedness of our young ladies, it's hard to find a Christian young lady when she takes a picture, she doesn't strike a pose with her hand on her hip, her angled hip, and her leg. You didn't learn that from your mom. You didn't learn that from your Sunday school teacher. You look, Christian young people, duck lips, right? Right? I mean, it's not just public school kids doing duck lips. You all do that. Do you see how social media is influencing you? Whenever I take yearbook pictures or I ask you, do me a favor, take, me picture, take some pictures, so I can put your uh, pictures in the yearbook. It's like no Christian young person can take a picture without opening their mouth and sticking out their tongue. 
Well, it is all. I'm not being unkind. I'm just saying, do you honestly see how social media is influencing you? Do you see that? Social media has changed social norms. You don't have to look far to realize your friends are doing things that they didn't learn at home, they didn't learn in Sunday school, or even on television. It's social media. In a world where likes, shares, and comments reign supreme, you and I have got to be honest with ourselves and take a closer look at the influencers who shape our thoughts, our beliefs, and our actions. I bring this message because I'm concerned for you. Social media platforms be can become hotbeds for cyberbullying. And most of you in this room have experienced hurtful comments or harassment based on your appearance or your social standing in life. Social media has done that to you. Constant exposure to carefully curated and filtered images on social media often leaves you feeling inadequate and self-conscious about your appearance. Now listen to me. How many of you know what a filter is on social media? Raise your hand, okay? Listen to me. You know what Photoshop is? You know what a filter is. And you know a lot of times before you put a picture of yourself on social media, you put a filter on it, you Photoshop it. Why? You want it to appear as though you look better than what you are. Now listen, Do you, are, you, are, are you discerning enough to realize that's what other people do with their pictures? Some of you are struggling, and, and it's because of social media. Comparing yourself to seemingly flawless profiles will negatively affect how you view yourself. It will cause you to doubt and question your worth and your value. Social media. Our worth is not measured in follower counts, in likes, or viral trends. Our worth is measured in our relationship with the one who created us with a divine purpose. I want to say to every one of you young people who are filling your minds with social media, I want you to understand, if that is negatively affecting you, you need to limit that negative voice and you need to get in the scriptures because in the scriptures you'll find out God does love me. God does care about me. I have worth. I have value. Psalm 139, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works 
and that my soul knoweth right well. Jeremiah 29, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Psalm 139, 17 and 18. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Social media has rewritten the rules of personal interaction where screens are the stage and likes are the applause. I want to encourage every one of you, instead of seeking validation from likes and follower counts, spend time with God. He loves you. You'll go away encouraged. I'm not saying in chapel today, throw away your cell phones. I'm not saying away, throw away your tablets. Every one of us, you and I, we've got to find a balance between our digital life and our spiritual life. I want you to consider how much time you spend on your phone, all right? I want you to get out your phone. I want you to get out your phone. Yeah, it's chapel. Get out your phone. Some of you already have it out, so get out your phone. Get out your phone. After you get your phone, I want you to stand to your feet, all right? Everyone stand when you got a phone, your phone in your hand. If you have an iPhone, I want you to tap on the settings on your home screen, a gear icon, go to the settings menu. I want you to scroll down to screen time and tap on it. If you have that activated, you'll be able to see your screen time, how much time you've spent. Do you see it? If you haven't taken a bite of the apple yet and you have a Samsung, Go to settings, scroll down and tap on digital well-being and parental controls. And on the digital well-being and parental control screen, you'll see your screen time. Don't talk. I want you to look at your screen time. You got it? Okay, have a seat. For some of you who have come to Commonwealth Baptist College, your electronic devices are influencing your life more than we are. I would gently encourage some of you to control your phone instead of your phone controlling you. I don't know if you realize it or not, but the manufacturer put on the side of your phone a power button. Well, he put it there for a reason. You can turn it off, not just, oh, let me reset it, right? 
there is a power button on your phone. Seriously, outside of whenever you put it in your mailbox at night, is your phone ever off? For some of you, your digital life is interfering with your classes. For some of you, your phone and smartwatch is affecting your work ethic at your place of employment. The ball outright opens. For some of you, your electronic devices are keeping you from getting sleep and rest at night. For some of you, you're spending too much time in your dorm room gaming or on social media. And because of what I just said, some of you are suffering physically, emotionally, and academically, and it's not because of the schedule of college life. It's because of your screen time, your phone, your gaming, and your social media. You know it. You know it. Yep. Excessive time spent in the virtual world leads you to feelings of isolation, and then you become disconnected from real-life relationships. I want you to think now you saw it, how much time you've spent on your phone. And I think whenever you see the time, you realize, I've got to limit my screen time and my social media exposure. Why? Solomon writes in Proverbs 4 and verse 23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Every one of you needs to set boundaries for yourself. We don't have to make it a rule in the rule book. It's your life. Set boundaries for yourself on your social media use. You know, it can be healthy to periodically take a digital detox to disconnect from social media. And can I say, you don't have to live your life with AirPods in your ear or wearing your headphones whenever you're walking around campus. Can I tell you, whenever you have your AirPods in, whenever you have your headphones on, I just ask you, will you give CBC a chance to influence you? Hey, what's happening? Paul. If you want us to influence you, you got to let us influence you. And if you're walking around with AirPods, you don't know what's going on. I want you to be honest with yourself. Compare your screen time with how much time you have spent praying and reading your Bible. I'm not being unkind there. I just want you 
Let's, let's take inventory today. You know the number, I don't. Are you prioritizing your feed or your faith? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be overbearing. But the Lord cannot influence your life if you will not give him your time and your attention. Mr. Beast and other social media influencers are influencing you more than God because you spend more time with them than him. Sadly, Mr. Beast and others like him are influencing your life more than God and more than those who care about you. Paul cared about Timothy. Mr. Beast does not care about you. Every one of you, I wish I could say it, seek God's approval first. Galatians 1 verse 10 asks a couple of probing questions. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. I would hope that every one of you would consider prioritize pleasing God above seeking the approval of others, and that includes social media. When you and I, when we live for his approval, the opinions of others becomes less significant, and it will begin to affect your social media habits. Can I issue you a challenge? Unfollow the world and follow Christ. Make changes to what you see on your social media accounts. Create a spiritual feed and not a carnal or sinful feed. Make room for influencers who will inspire you to grow spiritually and challenge your walk with God and your soul winning. Let's follow the accounts that lead us closer to God. Follow people who speak in college chapel or speak at our conferences at our church. Follow missionaries that your church supports. Missionaries in Africa, these people are not materialistic. Follow missionaries that your church supports. And then, as I said, cultivate discernment. Critically evaluate information before you accept it as true. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 15 says, The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. Some of you are consuming content of people you know very little about, but you follow them because they're trending, they're popular, or they have a large digital following. Unfollow accounts that use vulgarity, post nudity, 
immodesty or approve of sexual conduct that is sinful. Unfollow it. Unfollow accounts that consistently promote negativity or hostility to your Bible values or cause you to question or reevaluate what you've been taught by your parents and pastor. Harness the power of technology to deepen your walk with God and connect with the Bible. With audio scripture readily available on your phone, you can listen to the Bible anytime, anywhere, during your commute, while you're exercising, or even before bed. Use your phone, use your tablets to listen to preaching by Jack Hiles, Lester Roloff, Tom Malone, and B.R. Lakin. Whenever you do that, it's like having these old giants as spiritual influencers in your life. Instead of listening to music all the time, listen to scripture, listen to preaching. Use social media as a platform for kindness, encouragement, and uplifting others. Today, I just want to say, don't let your screen dictate your identity. Stay true to your values. And I want to remind you this morning, you're in the driver's seat whenever it comes to your digital life. And just like Rehoboam faced a choice about who would influence his decisions, you too have got to decide who's going to shape your thoughts, your beliefs, and your actions. Purge who you follow. Use technology to strengthen your walk with God. Limit your screen time. Your social media feed should be a reflection of your values your social media feed should be a source of inspiration for your Christian life. I want some of you today to start to break free from the chains of virtual validation. If you need help, don't be afraid to ask for help.